Cold of War, also known as Esri Dax from Deep Space Nine, and you're listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. My name is Craig McKenzie, and I'm not even close to the fastest man alive. When I was a child, I became a nerd. Now that I'm an adult, I'm still a nerd. Through the website and this podcast, my team and I work to bring our entertaining thoughts to the masses. This is Neil Before Pod. Before we start, we'll open a breach and head towards Earth Spoilers. So joining me in TV land is Chris, and Chris only. Hello. Hello. And hello from me only. <laughs> <laughs> and Happy New Year, since it's our first episode of the New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to, to you and all. Yes, and listeners, Happy New Year as well, even though it was, as we record this, 16 days ago. Or Happy New New Year for 2018, if you're listening to archive episodes, or yeah. you know, no one knows when you're listening. It could be 2000. Uh, happy Happy Easter. Um, enjoy your summer holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that Trump destroyed the world? You know that. I, I I can't believe it. It's, it's so good that we all escaped on that arc. <laughs> yeah. Who knew that they were building that? <laughs> it's, it's lucky. Apparently, 2012 as a film wasn't so far fetched after all. <laughs> who, who knew the most realistic uh, film ever made <laughs> yeah that's enough of our predictions of the near future i think yes so let's not let's not look through our bleak looking glass any longer <laughs> yeah the crystal ball is not very good yeah so um we are towards the end of a very long, it feels long, hiatus of all the TV shows in the US that we totally watch legitimately. Um, and, well, maybe you do, and maybe I do, who knows. So, um, thought we'd start with, you know, the DC stuff, and why not just begin with Supergirl, since it's the first one on in the week. Uh, season two, what do you think overall so far? Uh, I've been enjoying season two overall so far. Um, I've been enjoying most of them, uh, to be honest. Spoiler alert! Um, but yeah, I, I think it's been it's been pretty good. They've developed the characters. They've brought some new people in to sort of change it about a bit. I still think it's sort of uh, it's missing a few things. I kind of miss the Cat Grant character being around, but uh, I think it's been a pretty good second season so far. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it's. Um been really strong. Uh, the first season was flawed, and I don't think anybody could deny that, but it had a lot of potential, and I think it was possibly on the wrong network, or at least that network had the wrong priorities, but they seem to have shifted those in ways that make some of the the lesser characters from last season more interesting. Alex, for instance, I think um, I quite like her as a character, even though I didn't like her last year, and I think her um, her love story with Maggie is um, is really strong. I think they've They've been playing it maturely. They've been doing it properly. Superman. Superman's good. I liked the introduction of Superman. I think that was that was good. And then they sort of uh, put him to the, the side again to give her space, which I think was a, a wise call. I was a bit worried that it was going to sort of take over a little bit. But um, no, I've, I really liked that. Pretty good on-screen Superman, actually. Yeah, it's Christopher Reeve if he managed to have more than 
two good films. You know, he's the, that kind of mannerisms, that kind of temperament. He's really, um, he's really well done, and kind of want to see more of him. But also, I'm happy with what we got. I'm just happy that they're not showing his boots and things like that. You know, anymore because that was really tedious. <laughs> and I agree with you about Cat. I think her presence is missed, but I think the show is made up for absence in some really interesting ways. You know, the Maggie character is really good. Uh, Lena, I really like Lena. She's, um, you know, she's really well played. I think the actress is really good, and I think the character is, is interesting because she's kind of trying to make up for her family's mistakes. Yeah, it's sort of uh, an interesting way of doing it with that sort of Luther side, um, especially the sort of uh, the double crossing her own mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I think was was really well done and. You know, I, I I still think they're playing it really the cards close to their chest. There's obviously something going on in the background, but um, seems pretty interesting what they're doing with that. Yeah, I think Lena would be more interesting if she wasn't evil, or she you know she wasn't turning into a villain because that's kind of what we expect, and they have played with those expectations. But I think her turning her own mother in kind of shows that she's trying to redeem her family's name, and she has a kind of moral code. Yeah, as long as, like you say, they don't they don't do the obvious path, and it would be good to sort of have that character staying clean throughout. But you yeah. never know what's going to happen there. Yeah, and uh, obviously they need a villain, and they've got one in the form of Cadmus. But I think um, Lillian Luther was very kind of cartoonish, and she didn't really fit the tone of the show. I mean, it's quite a a light hearted tone, but I don't think she. She could be taken seriously because she was just chewing so much scenery. You know, she made me miss Maxwell Lord, and <laughs> who'd have thought that? Uh, don't say that too loudly. He'll appear again soon. <laughs> He's, he'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah, I'll yeah. yeah. No, I discount do, Lex Luthor down. I do think she was sort of mysterious and things, but once she knew who she was, I don't know if that took some of the edge away from the character a bit. Um, though whether she would have been strong enough to sort of keep secretive and everything through the whole uh, the whole season I don't know, I think it may have been played out by that point Well now that she's been tested by her mother and she kind of passed the test in terms of turning her in and doing the right thing, I wonder what's mm-hmm. next for that character you know, where can she go from there Yeah, true Yeah, but it's, it's a really strong season, I think Cadmus are, are pretty good and I quite like that we've got the original um, Hank Henshaw back as Cyborg Superman Although he's not really that interesting at the moment. It's all that sort of setting the groundwork to potentially make it more interesting later on, isn't it? Yeah. And I think maybe with a few tweaks, he could be the the main villain of the season. Because he has that kind of hates aliens thing. And now he's, I guess, powered by alien technology in some ways. And um, and he has to face up against this guy that stole his life. Which is, you know, obviously a tough one for anyone to take. Let alone someone as diseased as him. Yeah, I agree with you there. And, I mean, the Hank Kenshaw character um, <laughs> has has been played pretty well as well with the, the romance side, mm. which I wasn't expecting. I suppose you're referring to the Ms. Martian. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in the comics, he's kind of her niece, which is all messed up. But she's also <laughs> a white Martian, but, uh, which they've retained for the show. Um, so I kind of saw that reveal coming, but 
I think they played it quite well because they she kept it a secret from him for quite a while, and then so he has to face against you know the the butchers or a representative of the butchers that killed his entire people, including his family. Yeah, I mean that was um, I've, obviously I've not read the comics, so I I didn't really see that coming, but I thought it was an interesting twist on it. Um, when I saw that, because you sort of think he's getting reunited with someone from his his own species, and then the sort of plot twist. I, I like that. Yeah, and uh, obviously it's kind of echoing the whole Nazi deserter thing. You know, the, a Nazi develops a conscience and, and saves a bunch of people. Um, but does that make them any less of a monster, in inverted commas? And they haven't really done much with that yet, but they, they kind of should, I think, in the, in, certainly in the second part of the season. Well, you know that she's definitely going to come back at some point as well. I mean, as far as sort of future developments, I mean, I'm trying to work out in this um, in this version. Do we know? Do we know uh, where Lex Luthor is? Is he in prison or is he gone? Yeah, completely? yeah. It's mentioned that he's in prison. That's how Lena's in charge of the company. Yeah. Um, and they mentioned the whole tried to nuke California to make his own land. So, you know, he's. If we do meet him, maybe he'll be more of a Superman 1 and 2 Lex Luthor. Yes. Or maybe I, um, but I don't know if we'll meet him at any point. Uh, it's not impossible. And does do we really need him? I suppose not. Yeah, I mean, I would think I'd, I'd like for them to hold him back for a good while before they, they deploy that. But I have, the, I have the fear that that happens a bit too soon. Yeah. And I think the, the writing this season is generally a lot better. I mean... I quite like the whole alien amnesty plot that's kind of going through. Although sometimes I think the the issues that they raise are interesting, but they don't explore them in the bright ways. I think, for instance, the Fight Club episode, that should have been McGann or Megan, as whoever, it depends who you speak to. Um, that could have been a showcase for her and could have seen that world through her perspective. But it kind of just it happens around everyone and then eventually Supergirl talks all the aliens into... Into setting aside their differences, which is what she should do. But I think they they need to find for more focus for the issues. Or is that just me? No, I agree with you. They sort of set up some very interesting background stuff, and then they don't seem to follow through with it. It seems to be resolved too quickly, potentially. Yeah. And like you say, potentially seeing stuff from a different angle would be better. But yeah, I, I think that is one of the weaknesses of it. Yeah. Is that you're not you're not seeing those different points of view, and they're not exploring their concepts as much as they could. Yeah. But I think that's more to do with the format and the length of the episodes that they've got to play with, while trying to fit in the sort of overarching story at the same time. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's all sorts of different ways they could be exploring things. I mean, um, Monel, for instance, the introduction of that character, he could be, he could be used for a lot of that. I thought they were going to put the Fight Club thing through him at first, but you know, he was just. I don't think he was that involved in that episode, but I think he's a, a I think he's an all right character so far. I quite like his kind of clueless about Earth culture uh, thing that they've got going with him. No, he's been an interesting one to see come along. Um, Obviously, have not read the, like I say, not read the comics. Don't know too much about the character. Still seeing that there's a bit of a, a background story to him that we haven't had revealed yet. 
Yeah. Or at least the sort of TV-only audience (laughs) haven't (laughs) had it revealed yet. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. The sort of... He's, he's a good character to have around, right? you say, just being clueless about Earth culture and and what's going on is uh, is quite funny. It gives some comedy value, especially when the episodes are getting a bit dark. Yeah, um, I just uh, I love the way he brings stuff into the Thanksgiving party, and he is he misunderstands what it means, so he tears it out of his mattress. It's things like that. <laughs> uh, and then the office, the episode where he tried to work in the office, where he was doing the Clark Kent thing, except he was. Uh, he wasn't able to act meek and mild mannered. He was, you know, just flirting with a um, well. It's not Cat's assistant; it's Jamesy's assistant. But uh, flirting with her and all that sort of stuff. No, that was that was good. It was it was sort of seeing uh, a character not understand why you to hide or yeah. why you would want to act that way. You know, or it's just him finding his own way of doing things, uh, which I, I kind of thought they didn't do enough with because he eventually came around to the idea of doing it Kara's way, even though they'd established that that wasn't really him. I think him, I think her assuming that it was to be done her way uh, was a mistake. And she kind of understood that. But the fact that Monel came around to the idea of doing it her way didn't sit with me very well. I think, um, you know, I think he should still do his own thing. Yeah, I agree. No, I, I think, I think you're dead right there. As you said, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of things we don't know about him yet, and it's hinted at at the end of the season. Um, but there's the kind of lingering, building love story between him and Kara, which everybody sees a mile off because, you know, it's two attractive people on a CW show. Of course they're attracted to one another. And they're the only well, aliens. They will, they won't need this, they will, then they'll regret it, then they'll break up, then they'll be back <laughs> together, then they'll regret it, they'll break up, and then someone else will get and yeah. then they'll break up, and then they'll be back together again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we've, we've seen it all. Although I'm glad they got rid of James as the love interest because that's just a damp squib throughout season one. Yeah, I mean, the sort of little four love triangle thing hopefully will play on for too long because it, it, it becomes a bit lazy after a while and a bit too yeah. predictable in the way it's going to go, but they could still pull that back out again. <laughs> yeah, well, regular listeners or regular readers will know I hate love triangles and don't want them ever again. There's more interesting ways to do character dynamics, but um, I never thought that Cara and James had good chemistry in season one anyway, so it was cool that in the first episodes of season two they just got rid of that, where they both decided, maybe this isn't for us. And it's good there was kind of a mutual split because it doesn't let things be awkward for six episodes until they decide to be friends again, because that would have been annoying. No, it was definitely a good call. Yeah. Although having James as the Cat Co. CEO when a uh, cat's not there, how does that happen? I mean, he was like digital marketing or something. Yeah, dig- digital editor or ph- photography department or something, and then ends up he did whatever they the needed entire, him Yeah, and then becomes the entire director of the entire company. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, it's just hilarious how you know they're. Obviously, they're changing roles for certain characters, and they had to find something for James to do. And then it was—it turns out being CEO was, you know, the the best idea they had. But it's—I guess if they wanted to do something with it, they could have made something of it. You know, this whole uh, people of people don't respect him because he got promoted into this job for no reason at all. And but they just—they kind of abandoned that, and they've been dialing back the Catco stuff this season, actually. Yeah, which is yeah, a bit of a shame. Yeah, I'm- a little bit, and 
the bit that kind of annoyed me a little bit this series has been his vigilante phase, which um, I just didn't quite understand his reasoning. All my friends are superheroes. (laughs) Yeah, all my friends are superheroes, so I've finally decided this is my (laughs) moment. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not working because I don't really understand his motivation for doing it, and you know, it's it's again the wrong place for that character. I mean, the the CEO of a multimedia empire thing is more interesting because it gives him a chance to fail or it gives him a chance to not understand how that works. And if he really wants to help people, he could use the media to do that in much more effective ways than riding around a motorcycle punching people. Which is probably where it'll all resolve round to in the end. But, um, yeah, it's I've just not understood it that well. Though I suppose it's given, you know, the, the two characters a reason to sort of run around and sneak about. But I think, like you say, the time could have been better spent, potentially, yeah. sort of exploring <laughs> how that sort of a changing dynamic and everything at Catco. Yeah. Although I really like um, having Wynn uh, at the DEO. It makes much more sense for him to be there than whatever he was doing, you know, the IT guy at Catco, you know, because he's, um, he's obviously a genius level guy. You know, they, they came to him last season a couple of times to uh, hack some stuff that they couldn't do. So, you know, why why not have this guy on staff? And it's good that they answered that question with, well, we will. No, it, it did make a lot more sense. I suppose the idea was that he was meant to be doing it ad hoc originally and in secret and once that cover was blown it makes a lot more sense for him to be doing it at the DEO Yeah, and it makes him part of the the action in ways that he couldn't be before You know, now now he can run proper support for Kara and he has all these resources and you know, he gets to use his intelligence although he gets a little too much free reign like he got to take Monel out and no one noticed you know, who, where are these cushy jobs where they trust their new starts to just disappear for hours at a time? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's very strange. The security at the DEO is very lax. <laughs> yeah, well, for, I like for their a new super secret organisation. They've gone <laughs> very thing, and they've gone very upmarket with their penthouse uh, office. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like the new set. Um, I'm not sure why they moved to it, but they kind of don't really explain that. You know, there's facilities everywhere. We're just going to be in this one now. The old one is... I thought, I think there was a line in the first episode, but I can't remember what the excuse was that was given. <laughs> yeah. The other one getting a refit or the cover was blown or whatever they said about the, the original base. Yeah, the sets were in California and we couldn't bring them, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we couldn't build in a cave or build a fake cave anymore. So they just gave us a glossy office because they can do glossy offices. Yeah, I think um, I think Kara's role as a journalist is was a good idea in theory. I mean, at first I was a bit reluctant because it's uh, Superman's a journalist, so she has to be too. You know, it's kind of the too many comparisons thing. But I thought they could do something interesting with it, and then they really haven't. The Snapper Car character just irritates me. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it's sort of falling back on the Superman sort of stereo, not stereotype. That's the wrong word. But yeah, it's sort of yeah. doing 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 the same as you've got with Superman, and they they have the ability to do something different. Yeah, um, having her as the PA wasn't that bad a call. Yeah, to be honest, 
I, I don't know what else she could have moved into. No. Though you yeah. would think that she wouldn't particularly need to keep her job and presumably could get paid by the DEO, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> reasons. They've, they've established that she kind of needs that human touch in her life by by working for Capco because it keeps her grounded and stops her life being all about being Supergirl. That's fine. And mm. But it was the, the end of last season. It was like, you can have any job you want and here's an office. And now she's like, she takes a job where she's subservient to someone and uh, has no office anymore. <laughs> she doesn't even have a desk, I don't think. No. no apparently she has no yeah. chair most of the time. <laughs> I, I would have much rather see her move into like a charity role. You know, because it could let her actively help people by organising charitable things here and there. Yeah. Um, and it would have been something that she could call her own as well, rather than, oh, look, my cousin's a reporter, so I might as well be as well. Yeah, it does seem going along the sort of same lines as Superman, which, you know, I think I think they should be wary of, or they probably are already. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, you couldn't really make her much of a photojournalist either, because then it's going along the the same lines of stuff that you've seen through Spider-Man or, or anything like that. Yeah, and most of the time she moves too quickly to get photographed anyway. You know, during fights and stuff, she's often a blur. So it's like, here's some blurs for the front page. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> yeah, I could just imagine her sellotaping her camera to a wall as she fights a villain. You know. But we, we have what we have, and they've kind of ignored the journalism aspect over the past few episodes anyway. It hasn't come up an awful lot. You know, the, the Catco scenes just seem to be to for James to talk about how hard done by he is because he's not a superhero and everyone else is. Yeah, I mean, I think it's got the potential to expand. It's just going to get found out at some point <laughs> yeah. because she's using uh, Supergirl as a source kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's all kind of dodgy. <laughs> yes, yeah, maybe, maybe Clark could come and tell her, you can't do that. You can't quote yourself. <laughs> conflict of interest somewhat Supergirl said um, what should I say <laughs> you know something inspiring Supergirl said something inspiring she has a team of writers that come up with her speeches and things it, so it seems like the uh, Cadmus story is kind of resolved-ish for now I mean it won't be resolved completely but you've kind of you've got rid of Lillian so what do you think will come next do you think it'll be kind of a power vacuum at Cadmus or someone specific will step up or other things will go on? I think you're probably going to get something along the side of uh, whoever's after Monel is going to appear. Um, and you're going to have that tied in with Katniss at some point uh, to give them a, a double whammy. Mm. Um, you can probably also expect a storyline where we need a white Martian to be available. Yeah. For Although for. They... for for reasons forcing uh, uh, forcing a some form of apology or makeup or I will use you just as once yeah <laughs> uh, plotline I would I would guess it's a shame they that. never made more of the um, genres becoming a white Martian thing you know they resolved that far too quickly yeah the um, mag- magic science came out rather rather slowly to solve that one. Yeah, Eliza Danvers like, I had five minutes to kill, so I cured this big problem you've had for three episodes. Yeah, you know how no one else could work this out well. I, I, I spent five minutes looking at it and it's done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why don't you work here full time? Because you're more competent than anyone else we have. Yeah, why are we not paying you? 
Yeah, I think um, yeah, whoever Monel's, who's ever's after Monel will come looking for him, and and there'll be some reveals, and Kara will be like, "How could you lie to me?" and and everyone will be all shocked at the the reveals that are sure to come, and it, Cadmus will come into it because you've still got um, the the real Hank Henshaw out there doing stuff. Um, I also think that uh, her Earth father is going to play a big part in it at some point. Um, I think that he'll turn out to be the second cyborg Superman because they did the whole double metallo thing in the second episode. So I think they might have made another cyborg Superman and it will be uh, Jeremiah Danvers, Dean Kane. So he'll get to be like Superman again. That's my prediction. That could be a good show. Um, it has the potential for that to happen. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to keep them locked up for a while, or if they're going to. That might be part of the sort of series finale kind of thing, revealing that. Yeah, could be. Um, no, it's all speculation. <laughs> of course, of course. And I don't watch trailers, so you know, who knows? I don't even know what the next episode's about. I know that Kevin Smith is directing it, but that's all I know. Your your friend, your best my, buddy, my, my best friend, who I've <laughs> shared a few words with once sort of twice yeah um so anything else on supergirl any last thing uh, other than season two is good and we have some stuff to say about it um no i think that that sums it up probably <laughs> yeah we didn't season, have a whole season season two has been better than season one they've introduced some interesting characters um it'll be interesting to see where it goes yeah. um but it has it has the potential to to either be really interesting in the next half or um, be, you know, to do something very obvious and disappointing, which would be a shame. Uh, the next mm. episode is called Supergirl Lives. Yes, because Kevin Smith's Superman script is called Superman Lives. Ah. ah. Yeah. There you go. We already, so we that's, already that's know she lives. That's what the next one is. Yeah, we already yeah. know she's alive, so we'll see how it goes. I guess the only thing I really have to mention, I kind of touched on it earlier, is the whole uh, Alex-Maggie relationship. I think that's been one of the strongest things this season because it's just been this, you know, that I'm no expert in what coming out is like for people, but from what I've read, they've they've done it really, really maturely, really carefully, and they've they've treated it in a way that makes it uh, makes it relevant to the modern day, and it's something that a lot of people could look at and and sort of see themselves in. Certainly from what I've seen on Twitter and so on, a lot of people have related to that story. So I have to give them massive props for for taking the chance to do that. No, they've done they've done really well and that character has been given has been given a lot more to do this series than in the past because the previous one it was more sort of are just not wanting Kara to go out there and do anything and yeah. you know, slowly building up support. Yeah. And I like how they had this um, sort of animosity uh, because it had been all about Kara growing up and Alex was sitting in the background with her own feelings and her own secrets that weren't really getting paid attention to because it was all about, let's protect the alien and uh, how that's and that's probably caused her to go further in the closet than she normally would have. So, um, the family dynamic's quite an interesting one and I think that's always been one of the strengths of the show but the they've managed to make it really relevant to her character. You know, she's been, she's been quite closed off because that's how she's grown up. And, uh, 
it's not really anyone's fault, but it's just kind of the way it was. It's good stuff. Yeah, so that's it for Supergirl, I think. Uh, we'll move on to Flash, because that airs next uh, in airing order. Uh, season three for me has been the worst season the show has ever had so far, out of all three of them. I think Flashpoint was a mess, and I think they've not really recovered from that. The new characters that they've introduced haven't been all that interesting, and the episodes themselves haven't been that exciting either. It's just the the whole Flashpoint thing has really got them stuck in a rut, I think. Yeah, acted as a bit of a not a roadblock, <laughs> sort of a a very weird diversion route that they've <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it's messed up sort of some of the character dynamics that were quite fun to begin um, without making it interesting if you know what I mean it's yeah. sort of just sort of taking a sledgehammer to stuff without kind of having a, re- a, a, a way of them putting it back together mm. without seeming very tacked on I think a lot of it has been quite predictable which is a shame because mm. uh, some of what made it a bit fun before in The Flash was its unpredictability with a lot of it and its newness. Yeah. The benefit of The Flash before was that it was a lot lighter than the other series. It was a lot lighter than Arrow, mm-hmm. for example. And this season's been a bit darker. The characters have been a lot gloomier. And I don't see a light at the end of that tunnel any particular time soon. Ah. Um, yeah, it's 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 not been its best season. Yeah, who wants emo Cisco? Like, who wants a depressed Cisco? I mean, like, no one, no one asked for that. No, no one wants depressed Cisco. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do think that has been one of the better things. I mean, you've got the whole his brother is randomly dead now that Flashpoint happened, which you know is is kind of problematic in itself. But I think the way that he blames Barry for it initially. Uh, and then gets over it and then blames him again when he finds out that pre-Flashpoint Dante wasn't killed. Uh, I think that was a really a really good position for Cisco to be in in terms of um, how he might how he'd react to the changes in the timeline because before then everyone was just kind of seeming to put up with it or they, they spend half an episode dealing with it and then suddenly everyone's kind of okay again. And I think that Flashpoint was a really good idea. There was different things they could have done with it. Obviously, I wasn't expecting anything like the comics, you know, where you had uh, Thomas Wayne as a gun-toting Batman and uh, a war between Wonder Woman and um, Aquaman. But, you know, they could have done something that, that made the the new reality worthwhile, maybe play around with it for a couple of episodes before resetting it. And um, it just it, it suggests to me that the writers weren't as confident about it as when they first decided they were going to give it a go. Yeah, it seems like something that they committed, they said they were going to do it, and then went, oh, hang on, how are we going to pull this off? And how are we going to resolve it all? It And it became just a second meta-human generator. Yeah, another um, villain factory. You know, like you say, the villain factory thing, you know, we need an excuse for more villains to appear now that the, you know, the super collider's done its job and there won't be any more of them, or there won't be many more of them cropping up. Yeah. So and Earth we need 2 is one. kind of closed for business a little bit, so yeah, there's none of that. Yeah, so the, it's, it's sort of this season's villain factory, which is a shame. 
because they could have done something different. Whereas in previous seasons, it's always been sort of a villain a week kind of thing, yeah. with maybe one villain cropping up a couple of times in between to resolve. But you know, they they sort of decided to stick to that same format again this year, which I think is why it hasn't worked because they've kind of used out a lot or tapped out a lot of the sources that they had before yeah. or the interesting ways that they could go with it. Yeah, and they had a huge villain appear in the form of Mirror Master, who was, you know, ever since the show started, everyone was saying, when are we going to see Mirror Master? You know, he's like, he's up there with Captain Cold in terms of flash notoriety. But then the episode you get with him is is pretty dull and boring, and he's kind of, he feels like just another villain of the week, which in the context of the episode is fine, but um, I, would, I was hoping they were going to do more with that character. Maybe they still will, but I'm not optimistic based on what I've seen so far. Uh, no, the other villains... I mean... Uh, Magenta, I think her name was, was probably the most memorable. Uh, even though I can't really remember her name. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the the idea that Barry stopped her by talking to her that was different. Uh, we don't really see much of that. Uh, no, a lot of it's sort of finding out the weakness, getting Cisco to build a, uh, a gadget, yeah, and then uh, you know catch them. But yeah, it's. Um, because it's that sort of, like you say, the villain factory thing, the villain of the week, you're kind of tapped out when it comes to that, and you're thinking, oh, it's another one of these, How how how's it going to resolve this week? Yeah. Um, and then the sort of sub-side of that, where you've had the introduction of uh, Julian at the beginning of the season, which you could kind of tell, well, very obviously he's going to be related to the main villain somehow. <laughs> this yeah, is, because this every is, new this, character is. <laughs> yeah, every new character will always turn out to be pretty much related to the villain in some way, be it henchman or the villain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, that's, you, you know, or, or they're there simply to die at some point. Uh, yeah. Or <laughs> with both. Other series. Or yeah. both, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's another one of those sort of going, uh Oh, they've done something really obvious here, and it's yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, and alchemy, as Julian turned out to be, was never interesting, you know. And and the fact that they they almost redeemed that slightly by um, making him just another acolyte of Savitar, who we'll come on to, uh, which means which kind of makes it okay that it's Julian because it could be anyone, and it was almost Cisco at one point, and all that stuff. So it could be, um, you know. It, we could see another alchemy in the coming episodes and, and it might just be nobody because it doesn't really matter or they might introduce an episode uh, a character just to be corrupted for an episode or so um, but the the whole alchemy thing didn't really work throughout because it was just kind of he was creating villains uh, that didn't seem to have an agenda in mind and then by the time they resolved the, the identity of alchemy it was kind of it was kind of too late to do anything interesting, I suppose. You know, when the fact that it kind of resolves with him deciding to turn everyone into a metahuman who was part Flashpoint um, was was a bit bizarre because it seemed like his plan was more calculated than that. And I was like, oh, look, a giant structure that can amplify my power. I'll just use this now because why not? <laughs> yeah, it did It did seem like why, why would he suddenly turn around and do that if he could have done it the whole time? Yeah. Yeah, why not? Just, yeah. Um, it's the Power Rangers problem, isn't it? Why doesn't she just send down three monsters and then they'll have real trouble? And I, I can't believe I'm comparing Flash to 90s Power Rangers episodes with just 
but it's kind of turning into that with the way that they bring out their villains of the week and it's strange because I still like the, some of the characters or most of the characters but I'm also really underwhelmed by what they're actually doing with them and I think uh, I think Barry has been a complete idiot this season just throughout yeah his character flaws have become a bit overwhelming this season <laughs> and his decision making yeah. always seems random to me it's yeah. like you know we really need Barry to be awkward this week otherwise it's going to resolve too quickly <laughs> but we really need him to make this stupid decision so that we can work over that for the next two weeks yeah and it's it's kind of at the point he maybe feels guilty about Flashpoint but he also doesn't seem to learn very much from it because he just you know he just seems to rush about expecting people to forgive him and, and no one or people some people do and some don't but it's it's just bizarre uh, I think that Flashpoint could have been a really interesting turning point for the show, but it doesn't really... I don't feel like the consequences are far-reaching enough. I mean, the, the crossover redeemed it somewhat by having different perspectives on it, you know, with uh, Diggle's son instead of a daughter and um, and other little changes that people had underwent without Barry realising it. Yeah, I mean, the idea that he didn't think that it would be as big a deal as it was or he did it out of grief was um, was interesting enough, but I don't think they've taken it to the point that they should. I just a part of me doesn't understand the sort of ricocheting consequences of Flashpoint, where I sort of understand that if you go back in time and kill someone's dad, they won't be around in the past. Yeah, but going back and saving his mum, I don't quite understand how that has the repercussions of a boy becoming a girl. <laughs> and uh, you know his, his brother dying. It's it's especially when he resets the timeline again. Yeah, if you know what I mean. It's it's. I don't know how, how those changes take place. If it's just a random roll of the dice each time that goes round. Yeah, well, it's, the comics explain it by what him what he does is a, a time a time boom in the same way that it's a sonic boom, you know, as in it creates little ripples that, that feed through and it's maybe not hard science, but at least it's an explanation, but the show hasn't made any attempt to explain it. And they're just wildly inconsistent with their time travel rules at this point. You know, and no one, I don't know how time travel works in the flash at this point. I just don't understand. Yeah. I mean, considering that we don't know quite how it's running about in the flash and, you know, we'll get onto it later on, but legend, of tomorrow as well yeah. is happening within this same universe with very similar things going on where people are being saved, delayed, new lives are being created, however somehow we're not seeing any repercussions later yeah. on is strange it's yeah. that that's, you know, if one of your pet hates is the love triangle, one of my pet <laughs> hates is time travel um <laughs> It's, I, I, it, it confuses me and it makes a lot of things invalid and the writing, you've got to be so careful, especially with this when they're tying it into sort of three, four, five different programs at the same time. Yeah. With, I mean, you had the the issue of uh, during the Flashpoint timeline, Barry's memories were getting overwritten with the memories from the new timeline, which is fine. I can, I can accept that. The fact that it doesn't happen when he returns to the altered old timeline kind of undercuts that and also 
Oh, it's on a different show, but it happens to Martin as well. His memories get changed. Yes. So why doesn't it happen to Barry the second time, other than the plot needs him to feel guilty about Flashpoint? Yeah, you would so, expect him to get flashes of what's different in his alternate timeline. Yeah, you know, he could see Julian and then have a memory of meeting Julian. You know, something like that. Um, but it's this world is... It's like uh, Marty McFly in Back to the Future. He returns to a world that he almost doesn't know. Yes. Because cause there's stuff that's different. Most of the things are the same, though. I mean, everyone is kind of roughly in the same role they were. Or he has a colleague at work that doesn't like him. Um, Joe and Iris aren't talking for five minutes. And it is literally just five minutes. Yeah, so um, it's weird that they, they don't really commit to doing anything significant. And I think the changes they made could have been done without changing the timeline anyway. Yeah, it, it does It does seem like a lot of it sort of just gets messed up through, Yeah, you know, the, the writer's just sort of going, okay, we need to screw with this person, we've not done anything to them yet, and, and come yeah. along, but... We'll see. They might they might pull it out at the end. We never know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many times have we seen new characters introduced who have apparently been around all along? You know, where uh, obviously there's more than four or five people that work at the Central City Police Department. So it's feasible that Julian could have just been there but never seen. Maybe not working in the job that he does, but you know, or he could have just started or whatever. You know, and um, Caitlin having her powers he could have done that without Flashpoint as well. Well, I think that's been one of the better consequences. Yeah, so someone having power who doesn't want change and the fact that it's having a change on her attitude at the same time is interesting. Yeah. Especially because she's she's seen what she could potentially become. Yeah. Although the split personality thing that makes her evil, that didn't really work for me. No, she used her powers against um, Savitar, and then suddenly she, the Killer Frost persona, took over. And you know they've not really established she was bipolar or anything like that before. So the fact that that comes out and manifests through her powers doesn't really work. I mean, I, I get that they had to make her a villain for an episode, and that was the only way to do it. But mm. it just it felt like a bit of a light switch for me. It's it's like a lot of these things it's a plot device that they sort of switch on and off when they will it yeah well i mean that was sort of committing to it and going right this is what she's going to be like now for the rest of the season the more you know and the rule of of the more uses her powers the more it's going to take over her persona Mm. you know we've not really seen that happen yet no and i like um I didn't like how it went through the motions of I'm not telling my friends because I fear I'm afraid I might be evil because we saw that last season with Cisco, you know. And if anyone's going to understand where she's coming from, it will be Cisco. So I don't understand why she just keeps it secret. No, I'd, uh, that was one of the character choices that I didn't quite understand either. Because if there's one thing all those characters have shown is that they'll put up with anything. <laughs> yeah, and also anything the- and anyone, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of part of the problem. It's just regurgitating things we've seen before and not really adding anything to them. But you've also got the the, um, the whole Team Flash keeping secrets from each other just to make the plot last a bit longer. 
even though it never works out. And Cisco calls it out. You know, these lies are getting us nowhere. At one, uh, and I forget which episode, but he does point it out as that is it's getting beyond a joke. And the fact that they haven't really fixed that is is concerning. Especially when a character's pointing out the obvious yeah. <laughs> what you're shouting at the telly at home. Yeah, it's like just tell them to save us the next three episodes of grief. Because, uh, you know, when they seem to have learned that lesson, Barry then lent, lies to Iris about seeing her die in the future. Um, I imagine it won't last long, but still, the fact that he doesn't tell her that, right, okay, we've got this thing and we need to stop it. Let's everyone, let's everyone rack our brains and work together and get this done, you know, without any kind of... But you know that's kind of not the angle that they're going to go because it's, you know, the season of Barry's bad decisions. What he'll do is <laughs> to guarantee that she's not there, I'm going to break up with her. Yeah, and oh, uh, mope for four or five <laughs> episodes uh, until I think it's safe. Then we'll get back together, and my God, it's going to happen. Yeah, and yeah, he'll wish she hadn't signed his name on that the lease for that apartment that yeah. she had no she had no say in whatsoever. He'll be really glad about all those life insurance policies that he got <laughs> her to sign though to lighten the blow. Yeah, it's like well, at least I'm rich. Well, Barry's already rich. He owns all this property that belongs to Star Labs. <laughs> <laughs> you know he owns something that looks like the comic book Hall of Justice and uh, it's never been seen before it's crazy I just want to know what he actually has to his disposal these days I don't know he's still working for the police department for, for yeah. giggles so, yeah, because uh... <laughs> he enjoys it I don't know but because yeah, he enjoys going to work with someone he hates every day and, uh, and getting like undercut but it's it's interesting to see that from Julian's perspective, actually, because from Julian's perspective, he is a terrible person to work with. He's never there. He buggers off whenever he feels like it. Uh, he doesn't do a full day. You know, he doesn't seem to do anything. You it know, did bring the interesting side to it that where you before you were like, he can just go around and do what he wants because there's no yeah. one checking what time he's coming in or, <laughs> or making sure he's there on time. He could just disappear and no one, no one seems to care. But yeah. I suppose it's because he doesn't need that much time to get his work done. Yeah, but also so the work's still getting done, even if he's not in. Yeah, we'll say season six will be his disciplinary hearing for lack of attendance. That will that will be the long running thread. Set <laughs> <laughs> uh, several visits to HR. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that would be horrible. That was like when a, an angel, when the law firm tried to attack him with building code violations. I mean, that that was just as a joke, but, you know, it would be the, if they tried to go through with that plot line, it would be that bad. <laughs> like, ooh, scary, you know. I can't punch this. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Caitlin's, I mean, Caitlin's powers, I think that's probably one of the more interesting things. It, the character has been almost pretty static. You know, she gets defined by her love interests being killed or being evil and then killed or whatever. Um so it was good to see something different from her and, uh, and the way she played the Killer Frost persona was really good I mean I never realised how good an actress she really was until that episode actually No I think she's done she's been doing really well plus the being able to play the sort of two or the three characters the same way that I'm impressed uh, with the, the Harrison Wells, the multiple Harrison Wellses that we've seen on screen <laughs> Um, yeah, you H. Know, R. Wells. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 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 poet who just copies everyone else's ideas we're on to now. But 
the Steve Jobs. You know, if, <laughs> if, if there's one thing, I mean, they're a good, it's a really good cast. I just don't think the writing's been as good as it has been in previous seasons. Yeah, and I'm positive there's a reveal coming with the new Wells. It's got to be coming, and it's got to be coming soon. Because, you know, it seems that Wells has to be evil, I suppose. But, uh, and they, they tease that, and it's like first uh, first full episode, but it turns out he's just taking notes. But I think there's going to be more about that face-changing technology he has. Because uh, he, you know, he, he disguises himself as his partner so he can go outside. But I think there's going to be more to it than that. Yeah, I think I think they're they're going to find out that he's been masquerading as another character somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think the way he takes Wally under his wing and trains him is really like disturbing. You know, there's there's something really manipulative about it. He kind of, you know, by the way he, he denies him what he wants and then comes round to it by making it seem like Wally has made him come round to it. And maybe it is as innocent as that, but it it feels quite sketchy to me. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they don't go down that road too soon because it's the sort of Wells being evil thing is, you know, we've seen quite a lot. Um, You know, I think it's, it's, it was kind of fun to see a happy clappy version uh, sort of let's all get in a circle and I bought you all your favorite coffees (laughs) thing was, was good. But, you know, like I say, Tom Kavanagh, I think it is. That's the one. Yeah. A brilliant job in, and playing all those different versions, yeah, and we'll just you know we'll see what happens. I I just don't know if he's as useful as previous versions of Wells that we've had. No, but he's, he's certainly different, and that's good. It was good to see Harry back for an episode, or a couple of episodes as well. Mm. Um, it kind of reminds you of, I guess it was to do the job of reminding us what the previous Wells was like before giving us a completely different one. Yeah, but they, I, I love the whole. Uh, well, this team, we need a Harrison Wells, even though the first one was evil and the second one was a bit of a dick. No, this is so they, let's scour the multiverse to find one that we like. It's like Wells. Yeah, you know. to, to, find a, to find a non-evil uh, version that we like. Yeah, yeah. Wells factor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's, it's quite funny how the show's got to the point where they can just, right, let's just go poke around the multiverse and see what we can find. It's just kind of dimensions are not a problem anymore. And we mentioned it in the crossover podcast how Kara has her little device that lets her come back and forth when she needs to. So yeah. Yeah, so you can imagine that's been handy to the other wells as well. Yeah. Uh, wells the as multi- well. Yeah, the multiverse is, is not a problem. Hmm. And we had a uh, we had a brief stint of uh, Jessie, uh, who's now a speedster and she gets a costume and Helps Barry out with one, one of his villains. Um, what did you think of Jesse as in that role? Um, I I like her in that role. I think it's interesting to have other speedsters non of the non evil variety around. <laughs> Though it does always lead to the problem of sort of why are you not using this character? Why why are you not using this team member? You know the same yeah. with Wally. You know, it's it's or to a greater extent with Wally because he's in the right universe, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, it's sort of why are you, you know, why would you put them on the sideline? Why would you bench them? Why would you not have them out helping you in the first place? Mm. You know, on the on the list of sort of poor decision making, 
uh, you know, you sort of wonder and go, well, why why would you not do that? Yeah, well, the the Flash already has these problems with, um, you know, the villains not seeming like a decent match for Barry anyway. You know, the that's why they keep going back to speedsters, I suppose. But they, um, it it won't really help when there's two or three of them that can help out. You know, it's how can anyone really match up to two speedsters uh, of roughly equivalent speed, or even not the same? But um, having Jesse around is a bit of a training camp, and and uh, Barry's comment about you know him turning into Oliver when he was giving her tips on how to be a superhero was quite funny, uh, and the. The contrast with Wally as well, how he was really jealous that he didn't get powers. I really liked that. I think that was um, it's it's how I would act, to be honest. Yeah, if if everyone else around you had <laughs> managed to get powers, and then you found out that in an alternate reality you did as well. Yeah, uh, I can imagine that mounting up, and you sort of go, "Well, why?" Or, or what? What activates them? Well, he didn't. I don't think he knew about the alternate reality at that point, but. He knew he was in the same accident that she was, and she got powers, and he didn't. And I know if I, I know if that was me, I'd be like, "Well, that's that's rubbish." I want powers. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I'd, I'd probably be in the universe where I get bitten by a radioactive spider and then die a few months later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the real science universe, so boring. Yes, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, um, I think the. Barry not telling Wally about the whole Flashpoint or having having powers in Flashpoint was a problem to begin with because it was well established that Alchemy was going after people that had powers in Flashpoint. So since he knows that Wally had powers in Flashpoint, he probably should have helped him prepare for that. Mm. I mean, I understand sort of the, oh, he's just going to go looking for them, but, you know, the it doesn't prepare them very well for when it does happen. And then he gets yeah. his powers anyway, which they haven't done much with yet. No, but, I mean, me and you discussed the other day, you know, where that potentially could go, uh, considering he's he's meant to be getting faster than Barry or closer to Barry at the moment. Yeah, he's... Very um, limited training, you know? Yeah, he's moving faster than Barry did at that point in his training, so I don't know how mm-hmm. far away he is, but... The, the kind of growth of his powers is a concern for people. Um, I think the fact that they wanted to stop him from using his powers was was never going to happen because, you know, don't these people know Wally? Uh, he's not going to listen, and how can they stop him? Yeah, it, it did seem like a very strange decision because it was like, it, well, he's going to use them. Yeah, you can't stop you him. You know, whether he's, whether he, you know, it's, it's impossible to stop him, so, you know. <laughs> Might as well roll with it. Hmm. And it was a repeat of the Jesse plotline as well. You know, we had the same thing with Jesse where Harry didn't want her using her powers because he was afraid for her safety. It was pretty much the same thing. Yeah, which is a shame when it's been recycled so rapidly. <laughs> yeah, a couple of episodes later we're dealing with the same nonsense we were before. To say the same issue and, you know, <laughs> diff- different characters but the exact same points being raised. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that brings us naturally onto the villain, well, the main villain. We've already talked about alchemy. There's not much to say. Uh, Savitar, who's had three appearances so far. Yeah, yeah three. three or four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he's actually quite interesting so far. But I thought Zoom was interesting to begin with. 
and then they screwed the pooch on that one eventually. But um, I quite like the the fact that he's a self-proclaimed god. That gives him a bit of a superiority complex, which is going to be the, a very difficult thing to defeat. I think he looks pretty cool, although he looks a bit like Sauron from Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, a little bit like Sauron, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think he's, he's really interesting. They've stylized him really well, giving him that sort of god complex as... Yeah, um, interesting way of doing it. But like you say, a lot of these villains, masked villains in particular, they're sort of interesting up to the point where you go, oh yeah, that's who it is, okay. (laughs) And then then it becomes a bit less interesting. So whether they'll keep it until the very end before revealing who or what uh, he is, then yeah, hopefully they do something a bit different with it and it isn't too predictable. Yeah, and the fact that the um, the fact that he's someone who was wronged by Barry in the future is quite interesting. I quite like non-linear continuity. It's one of the things I like about Doctor Who, you know, where he encounters someone that knows something about him that he doesn't mm-hmm. know yet. Uh, I like, I do like that. And uh, so Barry's got an enemy that he kind of created, but doesn't understand why, because he just doesn't know the answer. Yeah, he has. He hasn't done it yet. Whatever yeah. he's, whatever he's going to do, he hasn't done yet. Yeah, but again, we had that with Reverse Flash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we go again. You know this the same stuff. But uh, the mystery is quite interesting. I quite liked his little prophecy about uh, one will fall, one will suffer a fate worse than death, and, and uh, one will die or something like that. Uh, he just kind of gives you the spoilers or hints at spoilers for the rest of the season, and then. Uh, we see Iris die in the future, which suggests that she's the one that dies. Although I don't think they'll go through with that. I think they'll. What I think will happen is it will happen, and then Barry will run back in time to change it. Therefore, proving that he's learned nothing. <laughs> to properly come full circle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know um, at this point. And I also think that Savitar could turn out to be Wally because I really think they're going to go with the um, Barry holding him back thing and him getting frustrated about it because you know he won't he won't listen to Barry's orders because he feels like they're stupid and then eventually it'll escalate to the point where he becomes a bit of a villain maybe. I think I think it definitely has that potential because it's it's you could see where Barry might hold him back for some reason. And then, you know, potentially something like Iris dying or Joe dying or whatever, and him being held back and that being the reason why he then goes full blown (laughs) Uh, nuts in the end, going that, you know, I'm going to use all my powers that I can and being faster and stronger than Barry by that point. Yeah. Or even if um, Savitar is unmasked in front of Wally and then he sees his own face and doesn't understand why that would happen to him. That could yeah. be another interesting one. Um, Definitely although, an angle to do. Yeah, and they probably will do that because, let's face it, we can't have villains that aren't close to the team. But so far he's okay. I think uh, the speed effects are quite cool. It seems like he runs through wormholes rather than runs, although they haven't really explained any of that yet. But it looks cool. He looks mm. cool, which which helps. He looks better than Zoom did. Because I always kind of thought Zoom looked a bit cheap. <laughs> there was something about his suit that seemed a bit kind of cosplay-ish. Yeah, the Bad cosplay-ish. I know the Stretchers version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, he's yeah, and he's got the claws and yeah, and the Tony Todd voice. <laughs> Although Savitar has the um, I forget the actor's name, but from Saw, it's the Jigsaw Killer's voice. Ah, is that who it is? I, yeah. I thought I recognised it. Yeah, so they get they're good with villains, uh, voicing villains anyway. Um, has anything else been going on? Have we missed anything, or have we tapped out on Flash? Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but I think that's it. I think we're I think we're tapped out with that one. Yeah. Oh, the reverse Flash thing. Um, yeah. Well, the way that Flashpoint didn't explain how time travel works, and uh, where the reverse Flash that kills his mother just runs off, but he gets back, and clearly there was the evil Harrison Wells thing still happened. So I'm not quite clear on that how that still happened. Um, I don't know whether that's something that Legends of Tomorrow might pull out in some way. Yeah, could do. Uh, Though getting we'll... getting a plot point resolved in a different show doesn't particularly help. But because you've got <laughs> your, <laughs> you know, because you've got your earbud phone running about in the in the other yeah. show, whether that will tie in at some point. Yeah, although I don't think they'll explain it at all. I think we're just expected to roll with it, which annoys mm. me. You know, if you're going to do time travel, be consistent with your rules. Uh, the show Timeless can be, so why not Flash? Mm-hmm. Um, since we've already talked about Legends, unless you have anything else on Flash, I don't think... No, no, I think that's that's fair. I have nothing to say about Iris. They're in a relationship. Big whoop. Cool. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's been okay. She's been less annoying. Bye. And the same with Joe, really. He's... he's He's there to serve plot purposes a lot of the time, yeah. but there's nothing too interesting been going on with him. He's been dating, or they've been trying to convince him to date. And yeah. That's that's oh, yeah. about it for the for that plot point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jay Garrick, uh, I like him uh, so far. It's weird because his um, his costume and the universe as we see it suggests a really kind of camp and cheesy universe, but he's quite a grizzled guy. You know, he's mm. clearly seen a lot of a lot of crazy stuff, and and it's kind of changed him. Obviously, he was a prisoner for however long, you know, a long time. So, you know, that that's going to change him. But I quite like how he's kind of he's pragmatic, and he tells Barry to shut up when he when he needs to. And you know, they've got that kind of father son dynamic that's different, and there's that distance they have because Jay looks exactly like his dead father and things like that. Mm. I like, yeah, I like Jay. Uh, the whole twice we've seen him in this season, he's been um, he's been quite interesting, and uh, I like to see Mark Hamill reprise his role as another version of the trickster. Yeah, that was that was a, a treat actually. I did I did <laughs> like seeing that. Yeah, it's about as close as he'll get to being the live action Joker, but that was cool. So Jay Garrick, I want to see more of him. So that wraps up part one of our two-part returning TV special. Tune in next time for more in the DC TV universe from myself and Chris, as well as whatever else we happen to be watching. Thanks to YouTuber Nstens1117 for the excellent supplied music. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, or any major podcasting app, and join us on the next Neil Before Pod. <laughs>